We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, October. Boy, man, is it like the 7th now? 10th? What, what day is it? It's, it is the 11th. The 11th, the 11th of October. The October 11th edition of the Worldwide NFL Podcast. Uh, Joe Bartle, Jake Lutarski getting you set for the week six waiver wires. First bye week as well, too. Uh, so we'll get you all covered on that and more once we get started with the show. Again, welcome to the Tuesday, October 11th edition of the Worldwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Joe Bartlett, follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. Jake Tarski at Roto Jake. We've been doing this now for a month and a half. It's time. We've hit bye weeks. Uh, if you were relying on the Lions players, because why wouldn't you over the first months of the season? You have to deal with that. DeAndre Swift, thankfully, don't have to deal with his uh, injury concerns. Jamal Williams, sadly, will be out. Many more by players uh, that we'll have to discuss. And obviously, we have the Rashad Penny out for the season news. What does that mean for Kenneth Walker? Do you trade for him? Do you pick up? What, that's, that is your waste your fab budget if he's available type of player. We'll get to all mm-hmm. that and more. Before we do so, let's get a word from one of our sponsors, No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today, playing pick'em contest versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your uh, picks. Bet on five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major league sport, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with your promo code NHWIRE. That's N-H-W-I-R-E at No House Advantage or download the app on app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out your No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Okay, hey, so we get week six waiver wire, Jake. Um, Actually, I think we should spend a little time discussing the Monday night game. We've had a couple weeks now where, I mean, we always recap the Monday night game to start. Yeah, Been kind of boring, been a little bit frustrating. Not the case here. Obviously, AFC West, besides the Broncos, continues to deliver in terms of entertainment. And so does Josh McDaniels, who uh, decided to completely fumble the game away, go for the (laughs) two-point conversion, didn't work. And Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro tried to outwit themselves on losing for the Raiders as well, too. And obviously, we had Devontae Adams post-game just obliterate the uh, cameraman and then apologize weekly Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Uh, that's all cool. He's not a Packer player anymore, so I can uh, just get angry at him. <laughs> yeah. What was your takeaway from I mean, what was a wild one? In there's there's just so much to unpack with this game, right? It was you're right. First, a- an actual good game. Of course, you have Travis Kelsey 
four touchdowns. That's a Monday night football record. He's an absolute monster. We were joking around, or not really joking, having a serious conversation about redraft. If you redrafted for this season, rest of season today, Cooper Cup, Saquon Barkley maybe, and then Kelsey's the number three overall pick. So any of you managers that were able to take him in the second round are sitting pretty there. Um, otherwise, yeah, the Devontae thing at the end I almost missed because I turned it off and went straight to straight to the old office to finish up the outline here for today's show. But, uh, of course, that came up on Twitter. Um, he's still the biggest factor in the passing game. Of course, Darren Waller got injured like super early on. I remember I was actually sweating a matchup. It was I had Kelsey, they had Waller, and it was like within two points. And then, you know, that sweat ended very quickly. Um, but we'll have to see what's going on with the Darren Waller uh, situation here. Hunter Renfro's back. Devontae was the biggest factor. And um, I thought had a chance maybe to make a play at the end. I mean, it wasn't the greatest throw by Carr, but he could have made, you know, maybe could have made another play there. So his frustration is understandable there. Um, Fantasy-wise, you know, Josh Jacobs looks great. Uh, for the yes. Raiders, he's uh, he's pretty much dominating the touches there. Um, and, and I wonder if it's a situation of where he's finally like actually fully healthy. There's always been some kind of small injury with him where, you know, he'll show up on the injury report. He'll end up playing anyway. But, you know, he wasn't actually he's never actually 100 percent. He looks good. You know, he looks like a, uh, you know, probably a late first, early second round pick. Someone you'd look at the turn if you talk about that redraft today. So he looks good. And then the other notes I had down here were with the Chiefs um, receivers beyond, um, you know, beyond Kelsey. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had uh, eight targets, caught six for 90. Um, did have a pretty not so good looking drop at the end there. Of course, his Packers fans were quite familiar with that. Of course, Juju, it was, he still looked better than Juju. Uh, you know, three catches on eight targets for only 33 yards. I had a lot of Juju. I think I'm willing to take my lumps on that because um, he's just not a red zone threat like Kelsey is. And, you know, it's, he's not guaranteed to dominate the targets in that group by any means. So, um, yeah, I'll take my lumps on that. I'm not cutting him yet, but he's certainly a bench wherever I can afford it. And on top of that, the roughing the passer. Oh. Right, we have to talk about that again. I don't know if Jeff and Nick hit on uh, hit on the, the Tom, Tom Brady, Brady situa- situation yesterday, but they got this one uh, just as bad, if not worse. I mean, it's the first ever I saw. It's the first ever roughing the passer to be called when the defender had the ball in his hands, actually. So more history on Monday Night Football here. Um, that was a huge swing. It turned a shirt, fired turnover into a field goal for the Raiders. And uh, I can understand the frustration the Chiefs fans were showing there. They were letting them have it. You know, they were getting showered with some beer cans again. I'm never a guy that's going to throw a $12 beer on the field, but uh, to each their own. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, that's rough. And I'm always torn with these things. You know, there's the old school mentality in me that wants to say the game's getting soft and, you know, they, that's a clearly easy sack. But then there's the other side that says, I want football to exist forever. So whatever has to happen for football to exist forever um, is what is what I'm down for there. And you could almost see it on the Raiders side early when Crosby was getting through. They would like hug Mahomes and then stop. Right. So that's almost what you have to do now as a defender here. And it's like, point, it's, yeah. is it no taking a quarterback to the ground? That is sad um, in its own right. But unfortunately, it looks like something we're going to have to deal yeah, the, with. The, obviously, the Chris Jones one was awful. We as Packer fans have been well aware of this with Clay Matthews. What was that three or four years ago? Led to the tie game with the Vikings. Still, mm-hmm. I think one of the most egregious calls of all time in the NFL. I, I'm upset by it, as everyone is on Twitter. I saw Skip Bayless. Not that we ever want to give Skip Bayless oh, uh, dude, as much yeah. luck as possible. But he, he, had, he had tweeted, um, the reason that this is all happening is because that Tua injury occurred, and now mm-hmm. it's the NFL trying to reinforce that we're protecting the quarterbacks. I had no issue with the tackle of Tua. I had plenty of issue with Tua playing 
to begin with. That tackle, I mean, it was a hard tackle, but it wasn't the reason why, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like things things got to this point. So if that is if that is actually what's happening and you know, actually makes a little bit of sense, um, stop NFL because th- this is not the product that we want to see in the field. And the, the, the Chris Jones one is is going to go down as one of the worst calls as well this year for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you mentioned uh, yeah, it's not over. I think we need oh, to. I, uh, I think we need to prepare ourselves for this to happen. And you Next know, if, there, the if there's going to be 15 games, 15, 16 games. Uh, a week. This is going to happen at least once a week. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you as well. You mentioned Josh Jacobs. This is um, playing for a contract extension, Josh Jacobs. There and we go. If there is one thing that we have learned in the NFL that is projectable, it's these guys that so long as they stay healthy are in the final year of their contract, end up doing way better mm-hmm. than they have over the past couple years of their yeah. career. Well, see, I thought that was going to be Juju on his one-year deal. That was a big part in <laughs> my different. analysis of loving him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's quite different. But uh, you know, with it being the contract year, they're finally kind of running them into the ground, I mean, if you will. I, I feel, feel like it looks Marco like the Raiders Ryan. have no uh, intention of re-signing him. 80.4% of the snaps, and that wasn't even a season high. Last week, 89.2% of the snaps for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, if you have Zamir White or anybody like that, I, I I, mean, like, if you're rostering Zamir White with the same intention that you do with Samaj P. Ryan for Joe Mixon, like, if, mm-hmm. if that top guy were to be injured, you have an opportunity. Obviously, Jacobs has had injury history in the yeah. past. I, I feel like it's like uh, DeMarco Murray when he was in his contract here with the Cowboys. And they're like, oh, you know what? Let's just give him 300 carries and then sure, just get go to the Eagles wherever else because I know we've just run into the ground. That kind of feels like what the play is for Jacobs. But he might be uh, playing himself to the point where they have to re-sign him because he has been electric. Uh, you had also mentioned MVS. Just worth pointing out that the Chiefs have the Bills next week. Obviously, everyone's excited mm-hmm. for that AFC uh, that was the divisional round. It wasn't even the championship, right? Yeah, yep. the divisional round rematch. They are technically the Bills, the fourth best team against opposing wide receivers. Now, is that perhaps because they played Kenny Pickett in the Steelers this past week? Yes. Uh, I don't think that Bills secondary mm-hmm. is that good. But if you're hoping to pick up MVS after a good Monday night game, I wouldn't necessarily guarantee yeah. it. The Chiefs have been uh, rotating the guy who really does well. Like they told us it was going to happen at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. Has and, that's with, and that's that is with at least two quarters. You could argue two and a half, three quarters of the season of just like throwing the towel and not needing having anything to play for because they're ahead by so much, you know, and you can play the soft coverage. So right. think about that. They could easily be number one if they really gave it for the whole game. And I was doing the inactives on Sunday morning, and the Bills had a couple, Oliver and one more defensive lineman that uh, had both missed a couple weeks, and they were back. So they're getting healthier on defense mm-hmm. and better on defense, which is uh, – it's just amazing to think about. Yeah, and so Bills this week, Niners, who are the sixth best team against wide receivers the following week. Mm-hmm. I'm not jumping out to get MBS if he is available. I'm just saying that even though the Chiefs are great and I think will be fine in those matchups, bit of a concern. Okay, so bye weeks, I've been teasing it now. We have four teams. This is the first start of it. Thankfully, we're not missing a ton of really good teams. I mean, the Lions, mm-hmm. who've been one of the best offenses in the league, it's crazy to think about, except when they play Bill Belichick. Uh, you have the Raiders, obviously, who played yesterday. Titans, Derek Henry uh, managers need to be worried. Mm-hmm. And then the, te- the Texans, again, uh, finally got yeah. their win. That's great. One of the worst teams in the league. Brandon Cooks, that's about it. Yeah, fortunately, uh, no huge quarterbacks here. I mean, if it was if you're relying on golf, you were streaming. Derek Carr probably wasn't your first, or if you took Derek Carr in drafts, you know, you have someone else to think about. So um, not, not, a, not a major week for streaming quarterbacks, but we have some news and notes for you still. Yeah, we had mentioned uh, Bailey Zappi, Teddy Bridgewater, Kenny Pickett last week as well as Geno Smith. Well, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater get concussed pretty much right away in that blowout mm-hmm. loss to the Jets. Uh, was Skylar Thompson, right, was their seventh-round pick, ended up starting and yeah. not starting but playing and playing poorly. It sounds like Teddy's trending in yeah. the right direction that he so, should be available. Again, we go back to the Tua hit and, you know, the NFL, you know, maybe 
I, I don't know if there's – I feel guilty saying overcorrecting um, because, you know, they, it, it, they should yeah. they should do the uh, right thing, to, you know, the, to make sure – to preserve the longevity of their players in the game, and I get that. But um, this is a situation where the independent neurologist cleared Teddy Bridgewater similar to the independent neurologist that cleared Tua, right? But it was because the spotters saw Teddy wobble once. Um, they, were, they were just making sure. Because, I mean, I guess if there's any team that you're going to be stricter yeah. about than, than any right. other team, imagine making the mistake and then Twice. repeating it the very, very next week. You know how mm-hmm. it was a bad enough look as is. So, understandably, they held Teddy Bridgewater out for the rest of the game. But I wouldn't be surprised if he clears concussion protocol and comes back. I haven't heard on Tua yet. We don't really know, um, you know, ideally a multi-week absence after he's, you know, doing his finger thing on the on the field. That probably uh, that has to happen there. But in, in any case, you know, I'm not crazy about streaming either of those guys. Teddy could be if you really need to. Against uh, the Vikings. Inconsistent defense, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Baker Mayfield has a high ankle sprain. I think uh, he had the MRI. Got, it was fine. But mm-hmm. this is now the Matt Rule-less Panthers. I can't arguably imagine, addition by subtraction. I, say, right? I can't imagine the Panthers can play worse uh, with a new head coach and new plan. But Baker Mayfield is out. Sam Darnold apparently isn't ready yet either. So enter Mr. XFL himself, PJ Walker, who actually looked OK. I think I saw you mm-hmm. post like 12 or 13 fantasy points in relief of Baker Mayfield. Uh, in, more than Stafford this week. I was going to say in, <laughs> in the blowout loss to the 49ers. I play in a few Superflex leagues. We, we did the Vegas league, actually, the Vegas Superflex that we had reviewed. I'm going to be kind of heavy in on P.J. Walker with the assumption, hey, they have weapons. Christian McCaffrey has been healthy. Hey, that's great. So you're, they have weapons. The they have weapons, but they have weapons for now is what you should say. Mm. I don't know DJ if you want. Moore, bye-bye. Yeah, D.J. Moore, I don't, that's a Packer rumor thing <laughs> going around. I don't know. No maybe chance. I'm just maybe I'm just starting no that chance. rumor right now. Right. Um Yes, I'd rather have him than Odell Beckham, you know. Yes. But um, anyway, uh, DJ Moore. uh, And now, again, I don't know how substantiated this is, but I know apparently the Bills Bills have reached out about Christian McCaffrey. So he's got weapons for now. And uh, I don't know. I just can't get all that excited about him. I'd probably rather pick up and stream Cooper Rush for one more week, you know, if I had to. Eagles? Ah. You weren't convinced the Eagles are good. They're 5-0 now. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to take my lumps on that one. Um, they're, yeah, they're pretty excellent. Um, but that, uh, that was one way for me to transition into mm. Dak Prescott apparently needs a full week of practice before, um, he will be cleared to play and he resumed. We just had a, like a level one update on our site, um, not too long ago about Dak Prescott resuming throwing. Yeah. He's going to begin throwing, uh, tomorrow actually. So I don't know if that's going to count as a full. Eh. So I guess maybe he could get a full week of practice in, but seemingly not likely. I'm pretty sure they go with Cooper Rush one more week. But again, it's Tuesday, and a whole lot could change here. Right. So now we get into the streamers here, the guys that you actually want. And more than a streamer for me, and I want to talk about Geno Smith. I think he is more than a streamer. I think he is someone that you can pick up and you can rely on, you know, if you've been playing quarterback roulette since Trey Lance went down or since Dak Prescott went down or, or something. Stafford. Yeah, or if you have Stafford, exactly. I'm considering trading Mostert for Carr in one league that, that I have Stafford. I'm gonna, it's going to be Mostert for Carr and Madison is my offer because I have Stafford and Mostert's like my RB5 in that league because we're stacked. You got Carr on by this week, so it like yeah. doesn't, doesn't really yeah. help you. Yeah, we'll wait for one more week. Yeah. But anyway, back to the point. Geno Smith um, – you know, it's not just that he got hot for a little bit anymore. And it's not just that he was doing, you know, that he was overperforming. When you watch some of the tape on him, he is making 
elite like Mahomes level throws where he's scrambling out, rolling out from from pressure and throwing you know off his back foot to hit his receiver in stride. Um, he looks good. Like he, I never thought I'd say this at week six, but Geno Smith passes the eye test. And if the season ended today, he'd finish top five in MVP voting. Which is Geno uh, Smith would finish top five in MVP voting. The season ended today. Mm, no. Maybe uh, I'm getting spicy. Yes, you are. That would they're they're what two and three. Uh, if Seattle makes the playoffs, they're not okay. If Seattle <laughs> makes the playoffs, he deserves some votes. I'm saying that anyway. Sure. Okay, so you know maybe I'm going a little overboard, but out of all the streamers this week, I'm looking at Carson Wentz shoulder injury on a short week against the Bears. No, thank you, Justin Fields. Doesn't even matter, you know, whatever the situation is. That's a no thank you. Jameis Winston, 32% versus the Bengals. If he even plays, yeah, maybe you could do that. Matt Ryan against the Jags. That's probably the second best streaming option this week. Uh, Jimmy G at Atlanta. You know, I guess you could get away with that one. That one's okay. Daniel Jones, 22% versus Baltimore. Giants look oddly productive, but, and then, (laughs) and then, um, I don't know. I can't explain it. They shouldn't be good, but they are. So I'll say this. I actually think this is a pretty good week if you need to stream quarterbacks. You're right. Geno Smith, to me, feels like the top mm-hmm. one. Not even that Geno hasn't been playing good because he has. Not MVP level. Let's not get too carried away. But he <laughs> has played very well. It's also the Cardinals are just atrociously bad, and we'll talk about in a little bit. are missing mm-hmm. probably their 17th running back. Like This is a team that's pretty decimated in a lot of different fronts, and I think morale-wise it seems to be very clear that's the case. Matt Ryan against the Jaguars is fine. It's been inconsistent. We actually had a user question, at what point should I get worried if I have Michael Pittman? I'm saying just temper your expectations a little bit, but yeah, I get it. And Al mm-hmm. Pierce kind of I'd be merged. trying to go out and acquire more Michael Pittman. Okay, at this, so it's a buy low for me. Good. And Al Pierce, even if Al Pierce emerges as a clear uh, water receiver too, and he did, he looked great against the Broncos on Thursday. That only helps Michael Pittman, in my opinion, but that's fine. Garoppolo mm-hmm. against the Falcons. The Falcons' defense just isn't good enough, and I think Garoppolo is fine at managing. Same instance for Daniel Jones and the, the Ravens, who should be missing all their secondary members. I don't know. I, Jake, I'll be honest with you. I uh, may have gambled on the fact the Giants would win outright against the Packers. They can't even handle West Coast travel, so going into London, <laughs> I thought there was no way they would win, and sure enough, they blew it like they always do. I, I don't know if the Packers are a good team, but I'm pretty certain the Giants are not, even though they're four and one. And I know that's going to upset any of our New York fans. Oh, I'm sure uh, they're coming. I'm just telling you how it is, though. Uh, Direct all the, at JB Fantasy yeah, Sports. At Roto Jake is innocent in this. Yeah. So Daniel Jones, I actually do think is fine start. Um, he looked certainly competent, but I will blame it on Joe Barry more so than the guy that we've seen stink for four years now. And Daniel Jones. Uh, anybody else? Kenny Pickett, Mariota, Zach Wilson against the Packers. I would be fine starting him too. Yeah, Packers. yeah, that's serviceable as their as their weapons get healthy and. As Brees Hall looks like a legitimate, you know, fantasy dynasty all-star type of player. You could buy that. I still pick it is the same for me. You know, going into last week, you we kind of had that conversation where you pick him up because of the unknown, and he had a lot of yards against Buffalo, um, but wasn't, you know, still more points than Stafford, right? Right. Um, but again, I'm not I even he didn't show me enough to want to start him. He showed me enough to stash him on my bench if I'm really in need of quarterback, but um yeah, he didn't quite show me enough uh, this this past week to throw him out there against Tampa Bay, even in a home game. I think that's going to be ugly for him. Any other quarterbacks are we good to move on there? No, pick up Geno Smith and consider getting him in your rotation. You and know, no matter what, to win MVP according to Jake. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. All right, before we get over to the running backs, let's take a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire. Again, for the video audience, we'll be right back. Uh, audio audience, yeah, stick around here a little bit. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so running backs, obviously the big guy for this week is going to be Kenneth Walker. So mm-hmm. we talked about Naheem Hines, who got concussed almost immediately on Thursday. Uh, Mike Boone, interesting. We'll have to consider him as well, too, yep. as we continue on the conversation. Tyler Algier, I'll be honest, I didn't even watch enough of the Falcons uh, and Bucks to know. I think it's fine enough. And then you had guys uh, like Mostert, who clearly seems to have surplanted Chase Edmonds. Rashad White, interesting case as well, too. He seems to take some snaps for that. Those are all guys we talked about that last week. It's the Kenneth Walker show this week. Yep, he's the cover boy. 45% rostered on Yahoo, 47% rostered at ESPN. It is entirely possible that if you're listening to this podcast and we're going to spend time on Kenneth Walker, you'd be like, well, guys, he's not even available. I play with a lot of smart people, and uh, mm-hmm. there's pretty deep benches. Of course, he was picked up for this exact opportunity. Rashad Penny, done for the season. Your second-round pick this year now. Kenneth Walker enters the foray, and you mentioned the Seahawks are playing better than we would have anticipated. Not MVP level, mm-hmm. but better. Fair enough. I, I – I mean, this is this is clearly you spend your whole fab. If by oh yeah, some your top waiver Walker priority, game. your whole, your, yes. the entirety of your fab. I don't care if you have one hundred dollars, punch in one hundred dollars, and hopefully you have a higher waiver priority than the other guy who punches in a hundred dollars. Right. Because uh, yeah, this is the man, um, and it, it's real tough because uh, for me, I was a penny guy this season. Mm-hmm. You know, more than a Walker guy, I wasn't all that interested. And you know, through five weeks, I think I You're can pretty right. confidently say I made the right call. Um, now, of course, injury is switching things up, but yeah, this is, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say here because Rashad Penny broke his leg out for the year. Travis Homer, he's got a ribs injury. He's on IR. Um, DJ Dallas is a special team. So it's basically Kenneth Walker in the practice squad. Maybe they mix a little bit of Dallas in the past passing game, but, um, you know, this is a pretty, uh, 
it's a pretty solid upcoming schedule too. I mean, versus Arizona at the Chargers, uh, versus the Giants at Arizona Chargers, again. He's running for two hundred yards. Yeah, exactly. All of those teams I just listed are uh, are are bottom half of the league run defenses, if not worse. And like we said, Walker is the guy. The O line isn't great. You know, maybe Geno Smith doesn't play this well for this long, but. Um, Walker is a clear cut RB two. You throw in your lineup the rest okay. of the year. So again, forty seven percent roster on ESPN, forty five percent on Yahoo. Chances are he, he's not going to be available for waivers. We should play this thought process out further, Jake, because this mm-hmm. is a crucial. This is probably the most crucial possible pickup or trade or speculation you can have. So I, w- I want your opinion on would you trade this player for Kenneth Walker? Okay, so I'm going to give you some names. All right, let's hit it. Deontay Johnson. Uh, yes. Yes. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I talked last week. I want to get rid of Deontay Johnson with whatever possible means I can. This would be a clear win for me. Kenneth Walker over him. Mm-hmm. I just had the question earlier about Michael Pittman struggling. Michael Pittman for Kenneth Walker. Uh, no. You would keep Michael Pittman. In this I would case. keep Michael Pittman. Okay. Yes. Uh, let's say you're hurting a quarterback. What if you want to trade Lamar Jackson for her, uh, for Kenneth Walker? I would take Lamar Jackson. You take, okay. So I want the Lamar Jackson side. I wouldn't I would, trade Lamar Jackson. I would as well too, even though he's been struggling a little bit. Uh, he had a bad week and we call it struggling. I mean, he was the, the MVP. Yeah. He, uh, after week three, he, it's so crazy how cyclical this is. After week three, <laughs> he was the shirt shoe and MVP, right? Right. Um, yeah. how about Ramondre Stevenson, who seems to have supplanted Damon Harrison, who was also injured, uh, in last Ooh. year. That is tough because they're both in very, very similar boats. Um, give me Kenneth Walker in that one. Okay, I I agree with you. I would take Kenneth Walker over Stevenson. When Just because we don't know what's going on with this New England quarterback situation. At least with Walker, there's some stability. I want to give you one more running back, and I'll go to receivers because that's a little mm-hmm. bit easier. James Robinson, who seems to have lost a little bit of playing time at ETN now, a 50-50. I will take Kenneth Walker. I will too. And we had, we had mm-hmm. Robinson ranked seven this week against the Texans. Seventh overall, uh, <laughs> it, 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 like that's that's I, I, yeah. I I'm trying to say it, we're it, high on it, Kenneth. Walker it's like a Brees Hall, Michael Carter situation in, in, mm-hmm. in Jacksonville, where like early on they go with the experience, they go you know they go with the guy that, that that's been there, but the young gun is going to slowly slowly overtake, and maybe you know people are, are going to get payoffs there on some of those draft picks they used on them. Two more receivers. Yep. T Higgins for Kenneth Walker. I want T Higgins. I will trade Kenneth Walker. I will, I will take the Kenneth Walker. You'll take. I, I, I know T Higgins has been banged up, and that's been frustrating. But when he is out there, he might be just as skilled, if not more skilled, than Jamar Chase. He is. He is an incredible player to watch. Okay, he's very then, talented. Uh, Mister Two Eighty Yard Touchdowns himself, Gabe Davis or Kenneth Walker. I would keep Gabe Davis. I will take Kenneth Walker as well too. So it sounds like you're a little bit higher on Walker than me, but we're both pretty high. I, this is. I mean, I'm just. I don't know if whoever has Kenneth Walker will even be willing to trade them because yeah. oftentimes when you walk into found money, mm-hmm. you're excited about it. Like yes, you don't want exactly. to give it, even if it's a fair deal, so here's, you don't want to give up the found money. Here's one I got on Twitter. This is shout out to world of KG. Would you trade Deandre Hopkins for Kenneth Walker? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See now I, I, you got a full month. He had Hopkins a, not be able to do anything. A full month yet. Isn't it one more? I thought it was six games. Oh, I thought maybe I was thinking you only play six games. Okay. So yeah, so there's like one more right. week. So there's okay. one more week he's suspended, and then one bye week in there. And okay, um, so, okay, so yeah, we got to think about interesting. that. Um, so those are both things that like you've been holding on to them this long, hoping for the payoff. Now your payoff is about to come. 
which one is better. And, um, I, yeah, so we have his return date as, uh, October 20th. Okay, so, so not this week, but next week. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I, and I'm, I'm in tune to that cause I definitely grabbed a couple of shares thinking I'm going to get a second round value in the sixth, seventh round of fantasy drafts. Um, so I've, I've been staying on top of that. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so this is one where I, I told, you know, KG because of his team context, um, because he's, it's one of those where you only start two wide receivers and he has good wide receivers and had an RB two problem. I was like, I want the Walker side, but normally all things, all other things neutral. I think I would take the Hopkins side. I think I still might go Walker. I guess that's what I'm learning is I'm going to be really happy. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I didn't even like him as a prospect as much as maybe others did, yeah. but the situation so, yeah. you talked about Geno Smith being mm-hmm. good. I mean, that, that that's a huge part of this. If this is a Bailey Zappi level quarterback, no. But the Seahawks' offense has been pretty good. They have been able to play within themselves. And so long as they have this rotation of running backs, I think th- they'll go ahead and get mm-hmm. whatever the equivalent of Latavius Murray is off of waivers. I don't know what – I'd have to really think about the players. The Seahawks are going to get somebody like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still Kenneth Walker getting 25-plus touches a day uh, every time they play, so long as he's healthy. So we spent a lot of time with the trade part of it. Uh, I, again, you yeah. certainly can reach out to us on Twitter, mm-hmm. Sports at Roto Jake. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully we, we, we did arrange for a broader audience, you know, because right. there's definitely a big chunk, at least 50%, probably greater if you're listening to this podcast where he's not around. So hopefully that helps out. So it's kind of lost in our memory because it happened all the way back in Thursday. But Mike Boone ended up being okay, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think you were happy if you had to play Mike Boone from a Broncos perspective. He had those three catches, got some carries. The issue was Melvin Gordon also looked electric. Like, he was very good against that Colts defense. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson was not. And now you have Russell Wilson uh, having his fake little injury. I'm, I'm sure he's actually real. But that we have it just reported <laughs> now after he plays his worst game yeah. of over a month-long stretch, I think is convenient. I I think I'm more interested in acquiring Mike Boone now than I was last week, and he's only at 36 percent roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got a couple Mike Boone par- or one of our tech guys outbid me by one dollar. I had a 27 dollar bid in stake league, unable to get him, but I got him in a couple of other leagues. And I'm, I'm you know I'm happy with that decision. He was out on the field for 41.1 percent of snaps, seven carries to Gordon's 15, and both of them had three targets, so a pretty equal target share. And um, I I mean. And Boone looked good running after the catch, too, you know, right. from what I remember of that game. Um, you know, I tried to forget most of that game, really, really tried to delete most it of that got game. got funny at a point. Yeah, yeah. It was like, so we were playing we were playing board games and had it on in the background at one point. It's <laughs> like, okay, let's move from Yahtzee to Scrabble now. But um, anyway, yeah, that, that's my life at 32. But um, so, okay, anyway, got to get back on track here. Mike Mike Boone, he, no, he looks good. He passes the eye test to me just fine. They're not going to give Melvin Gordon a any 80% snap share like Josh Jacobs all of a sudden. Gordon still was capped at 56.2% of the snaps. This is a two-back offense, a two-back system. Um, Boone is going to have value outside of Melvin Gordon, outside of being a Melvin Gordon handcuff. And then if that Melvin Gordon injury happens or Melvin Gordon gets in the doghouse with a fumble, um, of course, I hope it, you know none of that happens, but uh, Mike Boone suddenly gets a major boost in value here. So he has standalone value. He's worth rostering for sure. Okay, I, I agree with you on that completely. So we had Josh Kelly. Uh, finally have a pretty good game. I think it's worth pointing out that Austin Eckler set his single season high in rushing yards, <laughs> which 
I would never have guessed it yeah. was only 112 before that. I know that Austin mm-hmm. Eckler is like receiving specialist, but yeah. that it was only 112. He's been a dynamic guy for the last three or four years to have him be that successful mm-hmm. 176 yards uh, against that Browns defense, which, you know, we are disciples of Mario Puig. Credit to Mario, who said on our Friday series XM show that the Browns di- uh, run defense might be worse than the Chargers. And this is going to be a game where both guys go off. They did. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb was insane. Eckler was insane. Uh, kudos to Mario in that one. I, I am not convinced Joshua Kelly is a thing other than if you are rostering the backup to uh, Austin Eckler, mm-hmm. Kelly has now supplanted Sonny Michelle on two separate weeks, consecutive weeks, no matter two. Um, and Sonny Michelle had previously been your, your between the tackles ball carrier. Well, not the case mm-hmm. anymore. Joshua Kelly is both the receiver and the jo- Justin Jackson for yep. previous years. For yeah, year. Michelle, 2.8% of the snaps, just one carry. He goes to the drop list, right? Yeah, I and, mean, like, he, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not rushing out to grab and start Josh Kelly, but he's one of those that, is he better than the worst player on your bench right now? Does he have more upside than the worst player on your bench right now? Austin Eckler has always been known to miss a game or two here and there at some point during the season, so... Um, you know, having his clear backups, mostly if you're an Eckler owner, if you're an Eckler owner, then that value goes, goes way up and you want to start to think about making sure you get Kelly in some capacity. Yeah. And I don't, again, I don't know if it's like it's past years. There has never been one guy that just outright replaced him. We had Justin Jackson uh, last year, I think it was against the Texans and I'm doing fine because Eckler was out, but there generally isn't a one for one replacement. Kelly can be your receiver and runner, and Sonny mm-hmm. Michelle would just act as what Kelly does. I agree with you. I think this year, more than past years, Kelly seems to have been that guy. And obviously they had drafted um, uh, the running back in the fourth round to be that player. He hasn't done anything right now. I think he's been injured for t- time and also struggled during the preseason. I'm blanking his name, but mm-hmm. that's fine. Uh, if you were like me and not aware that Tevin Coleman was back on the 49ers, it should be now two touchdowns on 11 touches total. He only played 27% of the snaps, mm-hmm. but Jeff Wilson still doing his thing. Clearly Tyrion Davis price out with the injury. Uh, they had cut um, the Ohio state guy earlier, who is now on the Eagles, Trey Sermon. I had also mm-hmm. not been aware of that. Tevin Coleman, is he a thing now for the 49ers? Yeah, we would have never guessed it at this point last week, but less than a third of the snaps. He was very efficient with his touches. He's not someone I'm going to aggressively add outside of, you know, crazy, crazy deep leagues where you're just looking to add, you know, warm bodies that might get the ball um, because, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what happens as that backfield gets healthier. Um, he's, for me, is more of a um, – he's more of a – shoot, my guy I was counting on being active in the 3 o'clock games is injured, and now I need to pick someone up out of desperation Perfect, after more than yeah. half the games have started. That's that's how I look at Tevin Coleman, someone who might get a couple touches, might find his way into the end zone. I don't think he's supplanting Jeff Wilson for yeah. any reason outside of injury. So uh, he's just kind of, you know, yeah, the backup. Um, we did skip, skip over Eno Benjamin. I feel like we need to talk oh, quickly. Sorry, yeah, we call. need to talk quickly about the uh, Cardinals backfield situation because, let's see, James Conner left in the second quarter with a rib injury. Uh, Derek Williams left in the third quarter after hurting his knee. Now, I feel like we've had this refrain several times this season where we talk about Eno Benjamin, then James Conner ends up playing anyway, and it ends up being a moot point. But just keep him on your radar. He's only 11% rostered. If they get to a point where, um, you know, they want to rest Conner and actually get him healthy, um, I don't know. I think they're going to be in a situation where they have to win every single game possible. But uh, just, you know, just for reference, you know, you know, Benjamin's coming off uh, eight carry, four target, 52.9% of the snap game, although, again, boosted by injuries. So keep him on the radar. Not only did they, they, they had Jonathan Ward, their third string running back, also get injured. So it went down to Eno <laughs> Benjamin at four, who was the guy. I, it's it's worth pointing out Keonta Ingram, who was kind of a pet project for a few of us here at the Royal office, sixth round pick. He, he was um, a coach's inactive decision 
against the Eagles this past week. Mm-hmm. I think Ingram's actually really talented. I would not be surprised if you had just said all those Cardinal guys are out and it was Ingram in this position, he would be just as successful as, you know, Benjamin would be having this conversation again. So that's mm-hmm. my concern. Let's just say all three are out. And again, it's speculative. We're doing this on Tuesday. I have no idea if James Conner will play on Sunday. That's a different yeah. question. I like Ingram from a talent perspective. Uh, and I would be surprised if that situation occurred and all those guys are just out that Ingram was not more critical part of that offense overall. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. something, just something to kind of Yeah, absolutely. Something. So those are the main names. Uh, you can throw Deion Jackson from the Colts out there, obviously, after Naheem Hines left with a concussion. Um, you know, Deion Jackson ended up playing a significant role on the offense, a little bit more significant than Phillip Lindsay. We can speculate on Carolina runners after trade or, or any Carolina running back. You know, if we think McCaffrey is going to get trade, you limit that kind of speculation to your deepest, deepest leagues where you need I'm a lottery pause, ticket. I actually think that's a really brilliant idea that I had not thought of. So McCaffrey could get trade, right? We had the rumor for the Bills. I mean, the Bills obviously make sense because they've been thirsting after a pass-catching running back. That's why they drafted James Cook. It's been disappointing. Yeah, uh, McCaffrey is only due $1.14 million if you were to trade for him. He's got a, a mm-hmm. $13 million deal, but it's very easy so to So you could get assets is what, what, yeah, is like, what you're saying. The, the Panthers might just be of interest to trade McCaffrey. Like It's not, it's not um, just this thing that, oh, the super teams are trying to acquire. It mm-hmm. makes sense, especially if you're tearing things down. So of Chuba Hubbard and Deonta Foreman, which one of those two do you find more valuable in a situation where McCaffrey were to be traded? Probably Chuba Hubbard, but um, again, this, you're, you're dealing with the RB1 on the worst team in the league. What kind of value does that really get you? Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> is, um, is, is kind of the situation there. Deontay Foreman um, was pretty much non-existent in that, in that game, and Chuba Hubbard got a little bit of work. Uh, you know, at least he had 15.9% of the snaps. Foreman played three snaps in that game. So I think you you would base the tides on, yeah, it'd be Chuba Hubbard. And maybe if you're a McCaffrey manager, you should definitely go pick up Chuba Hubbard at this point. But again, yeah, it's just rumors. It's tough to speculate at this point. So like the NFFC where we have um, like 20, 20 benches, or 20 benches. We, we have to wait 20 spots on roster. Like that's a spot where I actually really like the speculative play. Chuba Hubbard, I think, is theoretically more of their pass catcher. Does the pass catching running back still have a position with Christian McCaffrey gone for the Panthers' offense? I'm not sure it's a guarantee. McCaffrey had 12 targets on Sunday. There's there's some to go around. Okay, so you're you're thinking it's more that uh, that they're scheming for it, not that McCaffrey's just so great that you have to. You might be right. If that's the case, Chuba Hubbard probably has more value. But Deonta Foreman was a darling for us in the last year's podcast. Like like he was really good in relief of Derrick Henry when Henry went down for the Titans. I think Foreman is the better player, but if you're saying that role of the pass catcher is there, then Chuba Hubbard is actually one too. If you backtrack to last year after Derrick Henry and we were kind of on Deontay Foreman, Dontrell Hillard had just as many many big games. Yes, they're they're useful there. And there's kind of a mirror situation here. Uh, Real quick, we got to talk about cuts. Antonio Gibson starting to get close to my chopping block. I got a lot of him early. Uh, great story with Brian Robinson coming out. The, the video of him coming out to 50 Cent was fantastic. Um, it's a great story. Um, but Antonio Gibson, 31.7% snap share, only three carries compared to nine for Robinson. So uh, anybody who had presumed out of camp that Robinson had won the job looks to be right because five weeks after getting shot, He's out there leading the backfield. Can I just outline what this could be worst case scenario for Antonio Gibson? Um, obviously, 31% snap share, not great, ideally. 
do the commanders roster four running backs every given week? My answer is probably no. So if you have Robinson doing the between the tackle stuff, JD McKissick is your pass catcher. Theoretically, the converted wide receiver should be doing that and Antonio Gibson, but clearly the commanders just don't want to do that. And and week one, I thought their offense was the best. Look who got more targets. It was Gibson with seven for fifth, uh, 78 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. The commanders are dumb and they're going to continue dumb things. But if McKissick <laughs> is your pass catcher and it's not Gibson, and they also have that third string guy who has been doing special team stuff for them, I think Antonio Gibson could be a healthy and active. Like you could be writing notes from on Sunday afternoon, yeah. which Ooh. is crazy to think about if this continues to go down that path. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's bad. It's, yeah. it's a bad spot for Antonio Gibson. So right we're getting into bye weeks where you're going to have to make tough calls on, you know, kickers defenses quarters quarterbacks in some cases and rosters are about to get tight i have no problem dropping him here's a tougher drop a real tougher drop i had to bring him up and i know you're not going to want to hear this but how about chase edmonds i'm not happy about it i i would not be happy about it either a 14.9 percent snap share miles gaskin was more involved in the offense than chase edmonds and mostert's looking like a a very startable rb2 by the way he's look he's looking solid here so um Chase Edmonds, I don't know if you want to overreact to this week, but if it's a 10-teamer and you've got tough roster moves, calls to make, That's, I couldn't fault you. You're right. So that is the spot. <laughs> so I have him in the Superflex Vegas League. I have him a couple 12-team leagues. I'm mm-hmm. not dropping him there. Um, not unless, I guess, Kenneth Walker was available and I just need a roster spot. If it's a 10-team league, yeah, I think that probably there's going to be guys. And we talked about receivers last week. We're going to talk about receivers now who I think are more valuable than what Edmonds could do even at his peak. I get like two weeks ago, he was a great touchdown asset for the Dolphins. And now we have two out and down to your third string guy and you're losing by 34 points, 24 points to the Jets. Things have gone chaotically bad for the Dolphins in such a short time that I'm not willing to just rule out Edmonds entirely. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There, there is some concern there. We also talked to Sonny Michelle, uh, Zach Moss. I yeah. had dropped James Cook, of course. Mm-hmm. He ends up having his best day, uh, day after I dropped Cook in my dynasty yeah. league. I mean, I'm still fine four carries, it. I wouldn't feel too bad about it. On the other hand, Zach Moss, 28.6% of snaps, one carry, zero targets. And one of those guys is on the verge of being healthy and active if they acquire someone. Yes. yeah. They do get Christian McCaffrey. We have a ton of uh, trade questions in particular in the chat. I promise we're going to get to them if we have time towards the end. But I want to stick to the waiver wire portion, especially for the audio audience who's uh, possibly using these for different roster purposes. Let's get to the wide receivers. Before we do so, I'll get a word from our sponsor, Swagger. There are 50 million fantasy sports players and sports bettors in the U.S., but 90% of all cash prizes are won by 2% of players. That's because most sports gaming options were created for pros. You know, the dude's dropping loads of cash on data to find an edge of the rest, not Swagger. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who simply want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Tired of losing because of one bad pick? Well, Swagger, you don't have to need you don't have to worry about that because they'll be perfect. You don't have to be perfect to win, I should say. You simply create a ticket of four to ten simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. Your score determines your win, not the perfect ticket, so you can be half right and be all right. With Swagger, Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your money. Plus, you can play daily or you can play fantasy football along with all the major U.S. pro sports, as well as international soccer, Formula One, NASCAR, fighting sports, rugby, cricket, and even esports. Ready to play? Visit playwithswagger.com slash rotowire to sign up and uh, Swagger will give you $10 free to try and then match your first deposit up to $100. 100% match up to $100. Swagger. 
daily fantasy sports for all fan kind. Last week ended up being a pretty heavy wide receiver week. We had mentioned Michael Gallup. Um, George Pickens was a huge guy with Kenny Pickett there. Josh Reynolds, we weren't sure what Amon Ross St. Brown's stats would be. Well, St. Brown plays. Reynolds still gets 10 targets this week. Yes. He seems to be pretty clearly up in that spot. Corey Davis at that point, too. Uh, I, I think this week it's the Jacoby Myers week, who's only yep. been at roster at 48%, mm-hmm. uh, had been out the week before against the Packers. Before that was a serviceable guy well, right back again, even with Bailey Zappi, mm-hmm. seven, eight for 111 and touchdown. Yeah. So starting to do this outline, I had thought to myself, dang, it's a really slow week for wide receivers. But the more I started to unpack it, I started finding new names that, that I wanted to add. And Jacoby Myers was one that I, I almost overlooked him for the entire show because I thought he would have been well over our threshold. Look for the heck of it, 48%. And I'm thinking, I guess that makes sense. He missed a couple games with injuries, and now he's got Bailey Zappi. But he comes back, catches seven of eight targets for 111 yards and a touchdown. Now, he's normally – the normal narrative with uh, Myers is, you know, a PPR darling, going to get a ton of volume, short yards, that kind of thing. With Bailey Zappi, Belichick definitely isn't passing as much. There's more of an emphasis on the run game. We'll see if he sticks to that with Ramondre Stevenson as basically the bell cow there. With Damon Harris out multiple weeks. I wasn't aware exactly. that that actually happened, but that, that's yeah. more or less confirmed that Damon mm-hmm. Harris will not play for mm-hmm. a little while. But yeah, so the narrative on Myers is, you know, nice PPR volume guy, not really a touchdown scorer. Then, of course, he scores a touchdown last week, and now I'm thinking about starting him over. I'll be starting him over Elijah Moore. I'll be starting him over... Ooh, I, I can't. I can't start him over Tyree Kill, even though he's injured and has a possible rookie quarterback. I can't quite make that move, but uh, it, it gets interesting, you know, just to think of some real life examples. But uh, in, in a similar sense to Kenneth Walker, Jacoby Myers is the top pickup if you can get him at wide receiver. Yeah, he had that touchdown. I remember, like, famously, he had that uh, three year stretch essentially where he hadn't scored, mm-hmm. and then finally last year got the has shot. to have some kind of record for most receiving yards without a receiving yeah, touchdown, yeah, at least in the modern era. Um, yeah, I, I like him a lot, too. He's been kind of like one of those Mr. Reliables. Not that Marvin Jones you're excited about. I know Marvin Jones had a good week this past week, but was inconsistent. That mm-hmm. never happens with Jacoby Myers. He's, he's just yep. consistently getting you 10 points in the PPR league yep. and fine with it. So um, I, we have a couple names here. Alec Pierce actually is the one I want to jump to next. because Absolutely. I thought he played brilliantly on Thursday mm-hmm. and was like a key factor in the Colts ended up getting that upset win. I know it was a gross game and hopefully no one had to watch it. Alec Pierce has been quietly emerging as I think a very capable wide receiver two for that team. And as we mentioned at the top of the broadcast, just because Pierce is your wide receiver two doesn't hinder Pittman. There is very mm-hmm. little passing game around that you can have two guys, especially yeah. in today's modern NFL, be available yeah. and be fancy assets. I think it's fantastic for Pittman once they get Taylor healthy and the fact that Alec Pierce has emerged. That's only going to help him, of course. Pierce is someone whose role is growing. Five, six, and nine targets over his last three weeks, and his snap share has grown progressively over those last three weeks as well. Um, he's the clear number two for the Pittman, obviously eight for 81 yards. Um, what's interesting with him is that last week, so the last three weeks I mentioned snap share, 44.9, 46, 60.3. That's growing. That's encouraging. Paris Campbell had 93.2% of snaps last week, so he was on the field more. <laughs> He's a decoy. But, yes, but when Pierce is, I mean, you can't, someone like that can't be a decoy. You have to be a threat to be a decoy, right? <laughs> Your speed is the threat. I think that's yeah, what okay. the Colts are utilizing. There we Campbell. go. I believe that. But uh, anyway, the point I wanted to make is uh, I want to reiterate a point because, uh, you know, Alan and Jeff do these brilliant sneaky ads videos, which is like the five minute version of our long show. And uh, Alan was mentioning how the Colts, a lot of people thought the Colts reached to get Alec Pierce, took him ahead of several receivers that were, you know, ranked higher by traditional consensus. So clearly they like the guy and they want to get him involved. So uh, he's uh, somebody that gets 
yeah, to get to, it, to be, it gets to be very interesting to me. And I think he's under the radar enough that you can probably get away with like a six or seven dollar fab bid and get him on your team. Yeah, I think so, especially in normal league. Something like a stake league, there's there's no shot. I bet you he's rostered in your stake league. But yeah, in stake league, it's going to take I think seventeen probably. Yeah. So I guess here's the part. I do a bit more of the prospect stuff than you do, and I, I certainly talk to Mario enough, and I'm, I'm aware mm-hmm. of it. We knew a lot of things about Alec Pierce coming out of college at Cincinnati, that he was a speed guy, right? He, I think he ran a, either 4-4 or 4-3, low, uh, low on 4-3. He was fast, and he could make those big plays. We never really saw him play above the rim. If you watched that Thursday game at all, he was making critical contested catches consistently. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that's all the reports we've heard out of the Colts camp was not only that he was as fast as we thought he was, but he could go up and get those catches. If, if that is really part of his prospect profile, and clearly it is, I think we have been reinforced over multiple weeks, there's literally nothing Pierce can't do. Like I, I think he is one of the better rookie receivers of this class, which has been pretty good, right? Chris Olave, clearly a rookie of the year winner for as long as he's stayed. He's mm-hmm. in a front runner, I should say. Another bad head I don't injury, want to do another uh, so many of these. thing uh, that you did yes. with Gino Smith. But I think Got to be bold, man. Come out hot. <laughs> Call him rookie of the year. <laughs> Drake London looking pretty good. I think Alec Pierce is a guy that you can roster – and especially now as we hit bye weeks, mm-hmm. can and will start as a flex wide receiver three, yeah. even in your 10-team leagues. I think that's how good mm-hmm. he has been. Um, can we yeah. talk about Darius Slayton? I, I mean, I, I know we are trying to forget the Packers game. but I Yeah, think yeah, we're going to have to. I mean, uh, he led the team with seven targets. He's basically all that's left because, you know, you got Kenny Galladay out, Shepard out, Tony and Wondell Robinson were both out, but they're both probably coming back soon. Slayton has just quietly been around. I feel like we've talked about him on the Waiver Wire show for the last four years because we forget about him. He gets, gets dropped. Right. Then other people get injured and Slayton becomes involved. So he's consistent in that sense, but definitely behind guys like Myers, behind guys like Alec Pierce. I even put Slayton behind a guy like Rondale Moore, who yeah. interests me quite yeah. a bit. He's only 18% rostered, caught seven of his eight targets for 68 yards. He even got two carries for negative yards, but the fact that he's getting used in that way is encouraging. Now, I wrote down that maybe he loses some value when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, less targets to go around and all. But, you know, talking with our with our tech guys on the other side of the wall, they made a pretty good case to me that DeAndre Hopkins coming back probably helps him, takes more attention away. And the fact that you've got DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown, you got a sneaky, speedy guy like Rondale Moore in the slot, um, I think it hurts Zach Ertz. That would be my guess. Like if you said yeah. Hopkins comes back, the tight end five, whatever mm-hmm. uh, Ertz is right now, that would mm-hmm. be because theoretically you're in the same range of the field. Rondale's fast. Yep. Marquez, Marquise Brown is fast, and he has that connection mm-hmm. in the Oklahoma days too. Yeah, I can see Rondale more on reverses. Yeah. Just general carries, swing passes. And he's um, like more consistent than Christian Watson, which is mm-hmm. what the Packers are using. And those Christian are all, yeah, that, exactly. I, I would have not thought that's how they use Christian Watson. Anyway, it's that's fine, a different conversation. Yeah. But um, anyway, I need, all those swing passes are point PPR. Rondell Moore is interesting to me. And uh, I know he got a lot of hype last year. And then, of course, the injuries to start this year. Even end of draft season, he was mm-hmm. also a guy going, uh, I took him in the 10th round in, in uh, the beat Joe Bartle NFFC mm-hmm. draft. I, I agree with you. I'm, yeah. I, I'm in on Rondell Moore, at least to a certain extent. 12 team, 14 team, that would be yeah. probably where I'm I took him uh, late in my Kyler Murray 14 team league, just as like the under the radar stack, you know, just in case that works, throw a gamble and see what happens. And I'm, and I'm cool with that. Um, the issue ends up being there. So we talk about what running backs, I keep pausing. I'm sorry, interrupting. Yeah, uh, no, go for it. The, there's so many wide receivers that we think are good. And even last week, you add on the George Pickens and even Josh mm-hmm. Reynolds, the world. You can't roster eight receivers. Like at some point, exactly. you have to commit to like yeah. these Samaj P. Ryan's and other running mm-hmm. backs. So 
in a 12-team league that has, let's just say, 16 roster spots, everyone should be going after the Rondo Morse. Like, there should be enough people mm-hmm. that maybe he's not paying attention. Someone's one on four, yeah. one on five. That's where I think the issue is. And he, at 18, 18% roster, it's yeah. clear that Rondo He definitely Morse. falls into the high upside guys you stash on your bench bench category as opposed to consistent starters because i don't think he'll be super consistent but he will have some big weeks um then i I wrote down randall cobb i feel like we have to talk about him after he gets 13 targets finished with seven for 99 it's like he was the consummate pro that didn't seem to have any issues with london uh and he was uh you know catching balls in traffic we really he really turned the clock back we'll see how long he can keep that up Right, yeah. It, it'll, it'll be very interesting here. So, like, in comparison, I would rather have more Pierce, uh, Myers, possibly yeah. even Slayton if you told me Wandale Robinson and Kadarius Tony are out for multiple mm-hmm. weeks. Because we, we mentioned the, the Giants' schedule when we were discussing Daniel Jones. Yeah. If you forget, like, when Daniel Jones first came to the league, Darius Slayton was his guy. That was when Darius Slayton emerged mm-hmm. because Daniel Jones. Yeah, I, I like seeing Randall Cobb be vintage Randall Cobb. But I'm not convinced that will be something that is worth rostering. The signing of GM Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then I threw a handful of guys. We can just do quick hitters on here. In theory, Westbrook Akeen should be more active with Traylon Burks on IR. 1% roster. He costs you nothing. Maybe you think about it if you're in a really deep league. Dynami Brown had that huge line for uh, the Commanders. 105 yards, two touchdowns, two long touchdown passes. That seems a little fluky to me. You know, best ball guy at best, you know, uh, you, you pick him up, you'll be better be ready to take a zero for a couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, might have one or two more of these games the rest of the year. I didn't, I didn't intend to be the boosty Friday, a serious XM show, but Mario mm-hmm. and I actually did do a little bit of a segment by Amy Brown. I like him more from a prospect profile than you do, but yeah. it's only because, I mean, this, was well, I, I'll admit, I don't know a ton about him. You could, you could educate me right John now Dotson and tell me was out. So yeah. then I was like, Oh, Hey, well, if there's this third guy. And Diami Brown, I know Amon Ross St. Brown buried him earlier this year when he was talking about people drafting before him and, and Brown did nothing. Again, mm-hmm. commanders are really stupid. Very, <laughs> very stupid team. I think Diami Brown is probably like a wide receiver three in most teams, yep. but they are actually pretty good at wide receiver. He's explosive. He can make the plays. And when you think about the commander's offense, it's Carson Wentz throwing. He's going mm-hmm. to give you some bad plays, but good plays too. If Jahan Dotson is out or if Curtis Samuel gets injured, yeah. I actually kind of think Diami Brown is yeah. interesting, but I wouldn't roster him at any point. We need mm-hmm. to see things consistently work out in this game yeah. for that to occur. You know who else is a little interesting to me is Khalil Shakir. We uh, kind so of we have user questions. We, about yeah, that. we briefly mentioned him last week, so we didn't do a full segment on him. Um, to me, that's dependent on the Buffalo injury situation. As long as Diggs, Gate Davis, and I, I don't think Shakir passed Isaiah McKenzie necessarily. He had a good McKenzie game. McKenzie didn't play. This yes, week. yeah. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like I think McKenzie still takes that role when Shakir's around. But um, and I and I think also it was a concussion for McKenzie. Mm-hmm. I ended up having I had him slotted in as like a wide receiver three in multiple leagues, and he was a surprised inactive um, because I uh, didn't quite clear concussion protocol. Even though he shed his red non-contact jersey on Friday, I did the Bills inactive. So okay. if you, if you maybe read my work if you had McKenzie this week. Um, but uh, Shakir is very interesting. Definitely like him for long-term formats, but uh, to me the utility. Is probably only there if one of those three receivers is down. Yeah, and you, you talk to the smarter people in the prospect game, they would say Shakir is clearly an upgrade over McKenzie, but that doesn't mean NFL teams see it that way, especially mm-hmm. when rookies need to like earn that. And maybe this is a good exactly. first step for Shakir. And McKenzie has had several big games McKenzie's for the Bills. Well he's role, he's proven he's, himself. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm with you, and Shakir is one of those I'm watching. But if you're in Dynasty Leagues, he's already picked up. I would mm-hmm. maybe like speculatively trade from if I could. 
Um, and in redraft, he just isn't the spot where he can be. So yeah. uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones did yeah. fine enough. David Njoku's been okay yeah. there too. Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, exactly. had that uh, 104 catch or 104 yards on the 11 catches, even though Zay Jones is back. That's just a confusing. That's fluky to me. Christian Kirk was just like disappeared in this game for whatever reason. So yeah, I don't know. I, I put a four-pack on the list. Peoples-Jones, Marvin Jones, Ben Skoronek, and Olamide Zacchaeus, uh, you know, with uh, Pitts out in that situation. Those are just like, Kind of desperation plays, not no one that you aggressively target, but guys that should will still be out there if you get a late scratch and are scrambling on Sunday. Yeah, again, like we we like these wide receivers, and I think it was actually a deeper week than we could have first guessed for week six waivers. Mm-hmm. But week five waivers were heavy on wide receivers. You can't roster eight receivers, so at some point yes. there has to be some of these lesser running backs that make the jump for your team. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's time to talk about Taysom Hill. Uh, I know everyone's eager to have that conversation and whether or not he should start over my boy, uh, Kyle Pitts, if and when Kyle Pitts and once he gets healthy. Before we do so, let's get a word from our sponsors, Monkey Knife. Fo- football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more of your speed, well, they got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. Thank goodness. It's just easy to play, easy to win daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. What are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. So we had mentioned Logan Thomas last. I actually think he ended up doing, I thought he played last week, but that's fine. And then Moali Cox as well, too. Um, it's oh, the taste. Oh, no, of- I had uh, the commanders inactives and he popped up with a calf injury on the Friday okay. injury report, then ended up being a game time decision and was ruled out. I don't know why I thought he played. I, I was looking at uh, Dynasty owner, and uh, that's you mentioned Ben Skronik. That's where I'd pick up Ben Skronik in a place where you have 30 <laughs> roster spots and guys that you're entering salary. Yeah, exactly. And of course, in that type of format, he's probably taken already. He wasn't, but I don't want him anyway because he sucks. <laughs> uh, Taysom Hill. Mr. Four touchdowns himself, the three rushing, one passing. I had a question uh, with some friends that are, you know, are obviously know me as the fantasy guy. Should he be listed as a tight end? He so. has had one target in the passing game through four weeks. So no is the answer to that. What do you list him then? But what do you list him right? as? Exactly. Um, yeah, you list him as. I mean, I it, does it, go, it, it has to go to running back now, right? Because right. yeah. when you have, let's see here, what, is he, what does he have? He has 21 carries and one target and zero receptions. He's more passes than he has receptions. Yeah. He's only ran, yeah, he's he's ran 11 routes all year long, and he's carried the ball 21 times. So that should be your, your deal. But as long as he's tight end eligible, I guess you have to exploit that. And in the wasteland that is tight end, Taysom Hill is 30% rostered. Obviously, you have to pay attention to him now after he does right. something like this. Yes, yeah, I think this was... is going to be his ceiling game, but he's also scored in three of the four weeks that he's played. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess this is what the offense is coming to without Jameis, so. We'll see. You know, I don't know if it's without James. I wonder if it's kind of just without Michael Thomas and, and Jarvis Landry's been banged up. Yeah, Chris yeah, Olave injured. Like, I think that matters mm-hmm. more. James Jar- yeah. could be back this week. We'll mm-hmm. see. Landry was a surprise scratch. People, I think, expected him to play. Right. He did not. Thomas, we knew, wasn't going to play. You know, Kamara's back. But- Kamara had a great game, which yeah. I was shocked by. I thought that was mm-hmm. done. I was ready to bury Kamara, and I looked foolish for doing so. I agree with you. I think Taysom Hill is not only a pickup. Again, he's only 30% rostered, but a must-play, even if you are mm-hmm. – I mean, other than if you have Kelsey and Mark Andrews and Zach Ertz, I think Taysom Hill is to that point yeah. right now. Um, I also think Hayden Hurst might be a must-play. Now, it's, again, mm-hmm. Higgins – It has to a, deal with the, Higgins the landscape of tight end. Higgins was a scratch yeah. at the mm-hmm. end here, and you're right. The, the landscape yeah. of like tight end – 
six through 12 is not great. Mm -hmm. I think uh, given the passing attack for the Bengals and what Hurst has been consistently able to do, he's in that same Gerald Everett vein. And Mm -hmm. we haven't talked about Gerald Everett since week one. Yeah, because because he's he's rostered everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. So the thing with uh, Burrow doesn't have enough time to make plays down the field on most situations. The offensive line just doesn't have it together yet. So who's open in a short to medium route? And it's been Hayden Hurst. And of course, some of that has to do, do with T. Higgins. Again, the worst thing in fantasy, you start your guy, he gets hurt on one of the first couple of series, then sits, the, stands with his helmet on the rest of the game on the sidelines, <laughs> apparently not ready to go back in. Uh, you know, a little bit of frustration, you know, again, not a doctor here. We'll make that claim. But okay, so I want to go back to uh, to Hill because they're both they're both 30% rostered, Hill and Hurst. I, even in leagues where I had good tight ends, I put a, I put like $12 bids on Njoku a couple weeks ago. Mm. I don't think I would drop Najoku for Hill. No, you trade Najoku. Some, somebody's going to need Somebody's going to be desperate, yeah. But, but so, like, weeks? I got Najoku for, like, my Kelsey leagues for bye weeks, and I might even have to flex him a couple times. I got Najoku in my Ertz leagues thinking, you know, maybe if Hopkins comes back, the value goes down a little bit. I got Najoku in my Hawkinson league. <laughs> And I can never start the right one. I can never start the right one. Of course, I benched Hawkinson in his 36-point week, start him in his 1.9-point week. That is tight ends for you. But uh, So that's my dilemma. Like When I think about, am I going to actually bid on Taysom Hill? One, how much is it going to take to get him? And two, do I have any situations where I'd actually do it? When Njoku's my tight end, too, I'm probably just leaving that alone and letting other managers spend their money on on Hill. But if you want to get Hill, is it going to take double digits now? I, I think so. Someone I, I, someone will. Someone will pay. Again, we have we are entering the bye week season. If people are smart, they're projecting mm-hmm. ahead. And it's not just TJ Hawkinson out this week. It's gonna be guys in future weeks. And with what Taysom Hill has done, I know you're you're buying high. I get that. And mm-hmm. and that's frustrating. But I think it's still the right call. I like this is this is an asset clearly for the team. They're used, utilizing them that way. And I, I again mm-hmm. I think the same thing is for Hayden Hurst, even if and when Higgins comes back. Yep. You'd also wrote down Hunter Henry worth pointing out because Johnny yeah. Smith has been injured for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Henry had the four catches for fifty four yards. Clearly, when the Patriots had time to practice and utilize Bailey Zappi, they were able to put together mm-hmm. an effective offense also. Mm-hmm. Lions defense, easily one of the worst in the league. Yep. I think there's a lot of things that we can look at with the Patriots and say. I'm not confident so long as Zappi's pulling that's going to be consistent. Yeah. Henry is one of those things. Yeah, exactly. Not a lot of confidence. But again, in the tight end situation, I think we he, he's worth a mention because Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, I, of course, in our dynasty, I drafted Henry as a charger. Really happy about that. Not so happy with the results with the Patriots, and he's probably only relevant uh, when Smith is out because you know they, there's really only one tight end, I guess, room for one tight end in the red zone over there apparently. And uh, and. So again, Henry gets a nod, but uh, you know, definitely on a completely lower tier than Hurst and Hill. Uh, I, I want to save at least like two or three minutes for questions. We have a sure. few that are a lot. So the, we can do quick hitters for defenses. Okay, yeah, just run through them real quick, and I'll kind of get yep. teed up for the questions. All right, so Saints, forty nine percent roster. They're home against a very sack and very turnover prone Joe Burrow. Defense def- definitely is not the issue that's holding the Saints back. So you look at them. I'm going to look at the Colts at thirty three percent. They're home again. They get the Jags again. Defense is not the problem over in Indy. It's the offense there for mm-hmm. sure. Browns have a very interesting matchup. Their defensive front, you know, you mentioned their struggles against the run, but Clowney and Garrett are both back in action. That helps, you know, with uh, possible sacks, possible big plays, and whatever quarterback they face uh, in New England, whether it's Zappi or or Hoyer, Mac Jones, or whoever, uh, you know, that, that seems to 
bode well for them. I also really like the Bears at 9%. Again, defense hasn't necessarily been the problem there. They've got some young corners, but they've got playmakers. But the Bears, uh, short week, Thursday night football, we know how uh, brutally low scoring those games are can be. Watch it be 31-28 this week. Um, but anyway, they get a banged-up and struggling Carson Wentz on Thursday night. We'll see if Wentz is the guy or if he's not. If he is, he's not healthy. If he plays, he's not good. So I there you have it for the, the Bears. Commanders, uh, defense with the yes, flip side that I'm you could I'm absolutely just... take the other side of that. You could target Justin Fields on the short week. Uh, Jerry, not to give away the whole pudding here, but um, is that even an expression? I don't sure, know. You made it one. We're yeah, good. I made it one. Yeah, Jerry had the Bears ranked number one in the streamers this week. So, you know, ahead of some of these uh, higher rostered guys. So, um, he liked the Bears. I, I like the Bears just fine. So, uh, you know, let's not roll with them. wrong with that stuff, too. Yeah, he's, 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 he's weirdly he's, sharp with, this, yes. with his defense streamers. And the kickers, too. He does mm-hmm. the, the kicker streaming, too. I've yeah, that's worth buying a sub alone for. Can, <laughs> did, no, did you, seriously. If you, gotta, if you have to actually like need someone to tell you what defense to stream. Well, we've done enough promoting of Rotoware alone with our hats. I'm, I'm serious. If, if for nothing else, Jerry's streaming articles on defense and kicker are worth the are worth the sub alone. It's the backfield and target breakdowns. Those are those, those are genius. So shout out, Jerry. Anyway, all right. So a couple questions here for you, Jake. I like this one. I'll sort through the best I can. Start two in a half point PPR. Aaron Jones, uh, Walker, Kareem Hunt, or Thielen. He also has Juju and Elijah Moore. I honestly think those are very uh, Jones low and too. Walker. Okay, I, I would agree yeah, with Jones and on. Walker as well too. With that. Uh, trade Amari Cooper. Marcus has asked twice. He's very, into, uh, very making sure he wants to know this. Trade Amari Cooper for Joe Mixon. His other receivers have Pittman, Tyreek Hill, and Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks on bye this week. Yeah, I would take Joe Mixon. You would take Joe Mixon so I over Amari I'm, Cooper. I think I'm keeping Amari Cooper in that equation, especially with his other service. Well, I mean, starting two or three receivers might have something to do with yeah, that. I guess. But having, right. the, I mean, Mixon is still an RB one for me. And uh, that RB one is is pretty invaluable. Okay, so uh, this we're getting a lot of Najee Harris questions. What should I do about him? I have Joe Mixon as my running back too, <laughs> but he's got Robinson and J.K. Dobbins on his bench. For me, uh, I'm putting Dobbins in over Najee. Do- yeah, Harris Dobbins starts sure. over Harris until we get to buys and I things will, get difficult. I will gladly dangle Najee Harris anywhere I can, and if there's a trade offer out there, uh, Ian Floody, who's been a, a valuable member of the chat at times, and also uh, mm-hmm. one of our Rotoware members who's been awesome doing all the work for us, he traded Najee Harris. For Brees Hall last week, and I said, "Man, genius. I'm not sure. Genius, a genius move. Now it looks fantastic. Big brain. See, he's a Liverpool fan, so he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> That's right. Okay, dynasty league here. Would you trade Mike Williams for Mariota and Jacobs? Mariota is just some depth, but he really wants Jacobs overall. His wide receiver cores: uh, AJ Brown, Cooper. I would assume Amari Cooper, Hollywood, and Alec Pierce and DK Metcalf. So pretty good wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, Mariota. Does he have any value really at all in a dynasty it's more league? Of a, Yes, I think you could use him for uh, depth purposes. But again, just think of his Mike Williams for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I th- I'd actually, t- if it's a dynasty league, unless he- I can see the case if you're going for it this year and need a running back to complete the piece of the puzzle. But I would generally w- rather have Mike Williams. He's 28. I think the Jacobs breakdown happens a lot earlier than the Mike Williams breakdown. Okay. And then, yeah, the Jacobs breakdown. The Jacobs physical breakdown. Happens yes. a lot earlier than the Mike Williams physical and I breakdown. I, I, I hope. So I get so confused with the Chargers. Mike Williams, we had the stretch last year. We one, one through four was literally wide receiver two. Like he was mm-hmm. just insane. We thought, oh my god, oh, this is clearly Joe Lombardi using the Michael Thomas as Mike Williams. And then next next eight weeks was just inconsistent. Keenan Allen has not played for the past four weeks. Mike Williams has been successful in three of them. Much to is, my dismay. Is that a correlation? I don't know. I, I there's some confusion I have. I think I would still agree with you on that on that deal. Last question, 
Um, and this is kind of referring to what we're discussing earlier. Somebody has Zach Hurts, but they also have DeAndre Hopkins on their bench. What do you do with both Hopkins and Hurts when they are both back? You start them both. You start them both. So I was saying I actually would dangle uh, Zach Hurts. I like I would see if yeah. there's some trade options available because I yeah. do think Hopkins. If you were to cut mm-hmm. into anyone's workload, it's Zach Hurts. Shanky dangled Zach Hurts in our dynasty league, and I bit because my tight ends didn't have to pay much for it. I yeah, it was like a second round pick and uh, Kyle Granson. Right. So yeah, well, I didn't have to pay much for him, but I'm sitting there with Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and Noah Fant, none of whom are startable, and I need a tight end. So I can trade you Robert Tunyon if you want. Ooh, maybe we'll think about it here. <laughs> I'm actually I've got some other uh, big moves cooking up in that oh, league. Maybe no, we'll talk I, about I it next that week. To happen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Ahead of you I now, intend so. to win now. Yes, I, I finally had a good week. I definitely had a slow start, and I've got some ground to make up to make sure I get the playoff spot. But uh, once we hit week 15, I believe I intend on being unstoppable. All right. Well, that does it for us in the week six, week six edition of the RotoWare WaverWare podcast. Again, thank you all guys for participating in the conversation. Uh, the comments have been great. We've had some just yeah, fantastic. That makes the show. I, I love having everyone reach out, and uh, we'll always try to get to those questions. Yeah, we, we I mean, we've been having some great engagements, and I just I want to say thank you. Uh, this has been fun to really utilize StreamYard over the last two or so years, and to see it really, I think, mm-hmm. come to fruition as to especially for this show, WaverWare yeah. show, has been awesome. So we'll be back again next week discussing more of your bye weeks, right? Hopefully less stinky mm-hmm. teams like the Texans uh, and more critical decisions that you have to make. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and best of luck in your fantasy lineups. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.